Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Good day and good afternoon. It's fresh thinking time Thursday afternoon. That means that we're headed towards Shabbos, which I know for many people is a very exciting time. You know, just that ability to breathe, just to be able to enjoy Shabbos, to be able to put your feet up. So as we head towards Shabbos, I think you may have heard on the previous show that we're going into a special pre-Shabbos event, and that is Tu Ba'av, the 15th of Av. Kind of lesser known Jewish holiday, but at the same time quite a big Jewish holiday. And so that's what's coming up. That's what's coming up this evening and tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to invite your conversations. I must say, for those of you who've been following the evolution of the Chai FM studios, because we have new studios, it's coming along. It's coming along very nicely. A couple of technical hitches here and there, which we had to just deal with before we get the show started. So apologies for the delayed start. But I think we're good to go. It looks like things are now working. So... That means we can talk. That means you can give your insights. That means we can keep it fresh. That means we can take things out of the box, uh, including I think Kathy has a trampoline to take out of the box, or maybe that's to take the people in the studio out of the box. I don't know. We'll have to see all about that. But I think because it's Tuba of time, it's that time of the year, and most people, anybody who's familiar with what Tuba of is all about will know that the theme of Tubav, or one of the prominent themes of Tubav, is to do with marriage. So I thought, you know what? Let's talk about marriage. It's a perennial topic, something that's always part of our lives. It is something that unfortunately seems to be going through its own stress, that institution of marriage. It seems that many people are having a tough time. And so I thought it would be useful to have a conversation around marriage, spiritual lessons, spiritual insights for marriage. And I'm certain that there are people who have insights that they could share. So we'll start with something which is relatively straightforward and move from that hopefully to something which is more spiritual. So straightforward, let me ask you this question. I'm sure many of you listening know people who are recently engaged or recently married. So my question, just to kick this off, is seeing as this is the time of the year when we're supposed to focus on marriage and it's supposed to be a time where there's great spiritual energy of marriage. So my question to you is, if you know somebody who is recently, obviously a couple, I suppose, who is recently engaged or recently married, what is the one thing that you would feel most important to tell them? So it's your friend, it's your relative, whoever it might happen to be, newly uh, headed into this great adventure called marriage. What do you tell them? One thing. Just choose one thing that you think would be the most important thing to tell them. And share it with us on SMS. But, uh, the SMS number is 34519. Or you can send a message on Telegram 0618951019. And, of course, as always happens on this show, there is always interaction on social media. So you can tweet at Chaya FM. You can tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. What would you say to somebody who is recently engaged or just newly married? What suggestion, what advice, what insight, what experience could you share with them that you think would be really useful and really helpful? And the reason is because at this time of the year when it's Tuba'av, we know that the Gemara tells us that this was the day when 
people would go searching out to find a suitable mate. We know that this is a time of the year where obviously there is an energy in the world that is good and healthy for relationships, helps us to enhance those relationships, to find the depth of those relationships. And by the way, if you have any insights or thoughts particularly related, even questions particularly related to the tuba of concept of, uh, you know, how they went around meeting people and finding a suitable spouse. So share those as well. In fact, I'll tell you something. Last night we had a really nice event um, at our center with a whole bunch of young women, and we spoke about it. We spoke about what people expect uh, when they head out into the dating world. What do they expect? What are realistic expectations? What are not so realistic expectations? And, of course, the reason we had the conversation was also around the theme of Tuba Av, the 15th of Av, which is this time that is very strongly associated with marriage. So let's just start the conversation going with that kind of a simple thought. What would you tell somebody, uh, let's say it's a friend, a relative, or even somebody who you just feel that you have some kind of impact in their life. In other words, you tell them something and they might just happen to listen to you. What would you say? What is the one piece of advice, the one insight, the one thought that you think would be that valuable to a couple or to an individual who is about to embark on this journey and adventure called marriage? Uh, ooh, <laughs> he has an SMS. He has an SMS. I don't know if that's a name or a nickname. Bro Sazi. Or maybe that's a reference that I'm just not understanding. In any event, the SMS says no social media. Boom. Now, that's a great way to start this conversation because I've got news for you. There are a good portion of the people listening to the show who would probably agree with that and an equally or probably larger portion of people listening to the show would say, what are you talking about? No social media. You're crazy. How could that even happen? I'm curious. I'm curious. Why? Why would you say no social media as a piece of, of, of advice to a new couple? Hmm, interesting. I could think of reasons. I could certainly think of reasons. Let's see if somebody has thoughts or insights of their own um, or even the individual who sent this particular SMS. I, I, I think Bro Sazi is a name. I think so. So why? Why do you say no social media? That's quite an extreme position. Some people say less social media. Some people say manage your social media. I would certainly say allow your partner to have full access to your social media, uh, that they should be able to see the things that perhaps you don't necessarily want everybody to see. So why? Why would you say that? Mm, interesting. Very, very interesting. Nice way to start the conversation. Not exactly what I had expected. I'll be honest. It's not what I had expected. But you know how it is. That's why we call it fresh thinking because it's not what we expect. We always hear things in this particular setting that are not what we expect. That's what makes it interesting. Keep them coming. Uh, ooh, ooh. This is hectic. This is hectic. Sean on Twitter says, what do you call two people who love each other and don't have frequent arguments over seemingly minor issues? Wow. Okay. The, the question is not the, hard, the hectic part. You've got to hear his answer. So Sean on Twitter says, what do you call two people who love each other and don't have frequent arguments over seemingly minor issues? And he answers, divorced. Yo. <laughs> Did not see that coming. That's uh, 
definitely food for thought, perhaps just a healthy dose of cynicism as we get into a conversation around marriage. Why is it that every, every time we talk about marriage, there is cynicism that seems to come with it? What is it? Why do people have such negativity around the institution of marriage? Maybe we should talk about that too. So, And maybe that's the advice that you should be giving to somebody when they're about to head off into the great yonder called marriage and say, get rid of the cynicism, maybe more importantly than to get rid of the social media. What are your thoughts? 34519 if you'd like to SMS about advice for marriage or anything associated with two, but of the concept of dating, bringing people together, marriage and so forth. Telegram, you can send a message 0618951019. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. All right, so we've definitely got the conversation going on this one. I suppose that that's to be expected because the minute you talk about marriage, you have to expect that this is something that impacts so much of the population, regardless of whether you personally are married or not. The fact of the matter is that there are people in your life who are married. I mean, so it, it's going to touch us at some point. Definitely will do. So the question then is, what would you advise somebody who's about to step into this role, who's about to embark on this journey called marriage? What would you have to tell them? So we've had a suggestion, get off social media, that that would be the advice. We have a suggestion, well, not a suggestion, but a kind of tongue-in-cheek, I hope it's tongue-in-cheek, comment about people who love each other but don't argue over things being divorced. Wow. Here's Keith. Keith on, on Twitter says, always respect each other even if she is wrong and insists on being right. Always respect each other. Now, I'll tell you something interesting, which is definitely part of this conversation. When we talk about this kind of advice, is that unique to marriage? So let's say you have a friendship. Let's say it's a parent-child relationship. Maybe I could apply Keith's same principle there. Always respect each other, even if you think that the other person is wrong but insists on considering themselves right. Why is that unique to marriage? Is it unique to marriage? And that's what I want to try and do over here is, is explore this. Let's try to get away from things that are perhaps relevant in generic relationships and talk specifically about marriage relationships. And I suppose on that note, let's ask this question. What makes the marriage relationship unique? Let's ask that question because sometimes I feel that we don't necessarily see um, marriage as being a unique relationship. We just see it as being one of our types of relationship. I wonder if that's possibly an important part of how this conversation should go. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what people have to say about that. Here's somebody who says, uh, this is Jay on Twitter, says, don't let irritants fester. Address problems as they arise because the right moment usually gets farther in the future every day, not closer. So what Jay is basically saying is, don't let the niggly things turn into major festering sores. Tackle it. You got an issue? Talk about it. Confront it. And I love the fact that he says, and I can tell you that I've had to learn this from experience, but I I love the fact that he says, don't delay things because the more you delay it, 
the further the day of confronting it will be. That's very sound advice. Again, I wonder, is that unique to marriage? Would that not apply in every relationship? Would not reply, uh, apply in all friendships? That if there's something that's niggly, if there's something that's festering, maybe just confront it, have the conversation instead of hiding behind things like I don't want to hurt the other person's feelings or I'm not sure if I'm right about the issue that I feel or I don't want to upset the apple cart or all these various things. Is that unique to marriage? Is it? Mm, not sure. I think it's good advice. I don't know that it's necessarily unique marriage advice, but we'll keep that conversation going. I think there's another element to that just while we're talking about it. This business of address things before they fester, you've got to be careful because the flip side of that is sometimes what happens is you rush into confrontation because you don't want to let things go. You want to actually deal with them. You, you, you want to put it to bed. But you're too worked up, and so it's also not necessarily productive. In other words, I'm saying there's got to be some kind of a balance. Don't postpone and procrastinate around tackling uh, issues that have to be tackled. At the same time, don't rush straight into it because it may not be the right idea. Here's Timmy on uh, on Twitter. says, advice to a new couple – Promise to always have two meals a day together and keep to it. Whoo, two meals a day together. I think it's, it would be amazing if you could do that. Really would be. But is it practical? Two meals every day together? I mean, people have hectic schedules, and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe part of the problem is that the schedule does not necessarily include prioritizing our marriage, so maybe he's got a good point. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Nikki says, never go to bed fighting. I think that's a little similar to what Jay said about confronting issues and don't let them fester. But, you know, is that necessarily the best thing? Don't go to bed fighting. I mean, obviously you shouldn't go to bed fighting. That doesn't make any sense. But the people who often will tell you, that you should not let an argument stay overnight, resolve the issue before you go to sleep. I don't know if that's necessary. I used to think it was good advice. I'm not convinced that it's necessarily good advice. You know, sometimes it's better advice to say, clear your head. Have a night that you sleep on the issue. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, you'll feel a little bit less flustered about it. Maybe you'll have a different perspective. Maybe you'll be fresh and ready to confront the issue from a healthier point of view. So I don't know about this business of not going to sleep with an argument unresolved. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I'd love to hear people's opinions and best people's experience because we can have opinions from here to who knows where. But experience is usually a lot more valuable than just opinions. Here's Melinda by SMS. Melinda says, marriage is not 50-50. It's 100-100. Constant self-improving and involving relationship, technology-free time, and remember why you chose to be together. That's good. It's not necessarily one thing, but it's a few good things. I like the fact that Melinda says technology-free time as opposed to saying no social media, just simply because I don't know if it's possible for people in today's world to have no social media. I can understand the motivation for it. The motivations are it's distracting. It links you to people who perhaps you'll develop the 
wrong kind of connection with. You'll see things about other people and how they propose their marriage on screen. And you'll compare it to yours. So I do, I mean, I definitely understand what the problems are with social media, but to completely blot it out, I don't know if that's necessarily practical. Whereas Melinda's saying technology free time, that's good. I also like this suggestion that it's not 50 50, it's 100 100. I heard a really good line. It doesn't, again, only apply to marriage. In fact, neither does the technology. You want to have a relationship with your child? Same thing, technology free time. Don't sit there when your child's trying to tell you about their school day looking at your phone. Here I am, guilty as charged. But that's what we do, and it's, and it's a problem. We've got to change that somehow. But it's not unique to marriage. It's the same thing when you go out with a friend for coffee. Put the technology away. It's the same thing. This 50-50 versus 100-100, that's not unique to marriage. That's in any relationship. Because in any relationship, I am 100% responsible for the 50% of the relationship that I contribute. But I'm 100% responsible for that. Is that unique to marriage? I'm still looking for something that's unique. Something that's unique to marriage. And that's why I ask the question, what is unique about the marriage relationship? Because I think maybe if we go down that route and we look at what is uh, unique about the marriage relationship, it might just help us to be able to ground this and focus this. Sometimes it's difficult to talk about the solution or the strategy without appreciating what the content is. So let's do that. Here's Alan, Alan Emmett. That's a nice name. Says on Twitter, keep the laughter going. Very, very good advice because when you lose the laughter in a marriage, that's not healthy. That's not good at all. And I must say part of that includes being able to laugh at yourself. So other messages coming through and thank you for those messages. I'll share some more of them shortly. For those of you who just tuned in at 15, 10 seconds before the half hour mark, so we're talking today because tonight is Tu B'Av, which is a time the Jewish world focuses on the idea of marriage and dating and helping people to find their bashert and consolidating the health of marriage relationships. So I thought we should talk about it. What kind of advice would you give to a couple who's about to marry or has just recently married? And equally, my question is, what's unique about the marriage relationship? And that's quite important because if we can identify that uniqueness, we can identify what unique approaches and strategies are necessary to protect it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts via SMS on 34519, via Telegram on 0618951019, via email to onair at chaifm.com and on Twitter at chaifm or directly at Rabbi Shish. Now, Pick and Pay Hyper Nord has the following specials, which are valid from the 23rd to the 29th of July. You can get any of the following four, either four kilos of potatoes, three kilos of butternut, three kilos of onions, two kilos of sweet potatoes, two kilos of tomatoes, and mix up any one of those into a batch of four, and you pay 100 rand. Pick and Pay Pure Sunflower Oil, two liters, are now 29.99 each. Their two and a half kilo white sugar is 28 rand each, and you can get two tastic long-grain parboiled rice, two kilo bags for 40 rand. Jungle Oats, one kilo, is selling at 21 rand 90. Bacoma Wheat Bix, the 900 gram box is going for 38 rand 99. And you can also get Pick and Pay Fresh Milk, two liters for 21.99. That's Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. 
Also, Frequency Footwear Melrose Arch is having a massive sale. If you want to experience craftsmanship at a massive discount, you'll be happy to know that Frequency Footwear has just launched launched their winter sale, offering 50% off all winter shoes, boots, and booties. Frequency shoes import from Spain, Italy, France, Greek, and Portugal. They're well-known for the unique style and their magnificent shoes, which are designed with comfort and durability in mind, whilst their service is personal and attentive. So it's time to claim the 50% discount. Plus, Frequency shoes are giving away a 3,000 Rand voucher to their store. All you have to do is take a selfie in front of Frequency Shoes in Melrose Arch, send it to us, info at highfm.com, and you could win a 3,000 Rand voucher to their store. So for exclusive style and quality Frequency footwear in the Galleria Melrose Arch, that's the place to go. 28 minutes to the hour talking today about marriage, asking for your insights, your suggestions, your advice. What would you tell a couple who is recently engaged or just gotten married? What would you tell them are the secrets that that uh, we have to instill in the marriage relationship? Here is Inga on Twitter who says, first of all, make sure it is based on trust Equivalence and respect. Then you need lots of wisdom and self-respection to keep the ba- to, sorry self-reflection to keep the balance and the spirit high. Well, you know, I'll tell you what the thing is with trust. Again, is trust unique to the marriage relationship? Is it respect? Is that unique to the marriage? I mean, this this is all good advice. Don't get me wrong. I I, I think it's really good advice. The question is, is it uniquely? Jewish, uniquely Jewish, uniquely marriage advice. That's the question. And that's what I'd really like to explore today because I feel sometimes we get a little bit too generic. We tell people things <coughs> as if this is the one thing. So, so let's talk about that. What's unique about the marriage relationship? Why is it different to every other relationship? Here's uh, Eliezer on Twitter who says, I heard a great line recently. Married couple doesn't always need to think alike. They just need to think together. Mm, yes. 10 out of 10 for that one. That is a very good piece of advice. So I'll repeat it because it was that good. A married couple does not always need to think alike. They just need to think together. Mm. Nice one, that. Here's Angela who says, realize that you live in separate realities created by thought and that love and connection are always present and accessible beyond that temporary reality. Now, that, that's, that's also good advice because at the end of the day, unfortunately, very similar to what Eliezer just said before, unfortunately, for some reason, a lot of the time people believe, and here's where we touch on the uniqueness of the marriage relationship, people somehow believe that the minute you marry somebody, then you have to start to agree on everything, think the same way, see things the same way. And that's, that's really dangerous stuff because, first of all, that would be mighty boring and you may as well live with yourself. What's the point? But not only that, not only is this something which would be boring, at the end of the day, that's not what marriage is about. Marriage is not about having a clone of yourself who just walks around in your shadow, repeating the same kind of things that you would say, thinking the same kind of thoughts that you would think. What's the point of that? On the contrary, the reason that this marriage partner comes into your life actually is to give you different perspective, different attitudes, different ways of seeing or thinking. So... 
it's quite important to acknowledge that. It's quite important to know that not only do I need to acknowledge that we think differently and therefore we live in different realities, it's important to know that that's vital to what marriage is all about. So there is a clue what is unique about the marriage relationship. You know, if you go back and you look at the Jewish sources, one of the things that will emerge, whether it's in the story of Adam and Eve, whether it's in the story of the patriarchs and matriarchs, or in the stories of Moses and his wife Zipporah, all the way through the Talmudic stories, one of the things that you will see reiterated again and again and again is the notion that marriage is specifically about creating harmony within difference. It's not about creating two clones. So in every other relationship, you know what? I tend to go and hang out with people who are like-minded, who share similar interests. And, of course, there is a certain element of that that forms the ingredients for marriage. But one of the things about marriage is that it's going to attract me to somebody. And I might not even realize this initially, but it's going to attract me to somebody. It's going to have certain things that push my buttons, that force me to see the world differently, that force me to confront parts of myself that I ordinarily would not confront. So I think that a good piece of advice to this new couple would be embrace those elements about your spouse that are not naturally comfortable. In other words, either about them and their personality or perspectives or the challenges that they give you about you and your personality and your perspectives. Most of us have the knee-jerk defense reaction when our partner says, hey, hang on a second, why do you think this way? Maybe you're wrong, that kind of thing. And actually, the one of the key things of marriage is to be able to embrace that that person is in your life to show you things you would never have seen on your own. That's why they're in your life. It's not just a friendship where you go for coffee. They're there all the time, 24-7, even if you don't do the two meals a day, which somebody suggested earlier on Twitter. The fact of the matter is they're there. The fact of the matter is you come home and there that person is. You're away during the course of the day and that's the person who's going to send you a message that, that there's a problem with the plumbing or that they're having stress at work or whatever the particular – that's the person you're going to coordinate how you get your kids to and from places. So it's not just about the amount of time that you spend together. You're going to be interacting with each other all day, every day. And a lot of that interaction is not necessarily going to be what you want or what you expect or what you would like. And that's the point. So not to fall into the trap of thinking defenses up because he or she is saying, thinking or implying what I really am not comfortable with. Here is Ezreal on Twitter. He says the definition of a happy marriage is that he's happy and she's happy. They should figure out for themselves what makes them happy and not allow others to define happiness for them. Now, that's very important because, unfortunately, what does happen, and it's it's almost unavoidable, is that we have other people who have influence in our lives. They might be very close to us family members. There might be people we respect, mentors. There might be people we've known for longer than we've known our spouse, friends. And what happens a lot of the time is that they then have a view. They weigh in on what happiness is. And they might have an opinion that could color our opinion of our spouse. So that's important. What Ezzy's saying over here is really important. Of course, it's important for both sides to be happy, but it's equally important to ensure that your definition of happiness is not colored by everybody else not all and sundry it's not it's not open it's not open for everybody to get their 
insights, you know, their particular views and opinions. So, um, don't think this is, no, sorry, that tweet is not for this show. That's what happens, I suppose, on the stream. So, <coughs> we'll come to a few others that will be, uh, there are some other interesting ones coming. We'll be back with those in just a moment. I'd like to hear your thoughts. What is unique about the marriage relationship? How would you describe its uniqueness? 34519. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 high FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, definitely getting a lot of interest on this one. I suppose, as I said at the outset, this is an area of life that affects us all, marriage, whether it is you who is married or whether it's uh, somebody else who's part of your circle, part of your family. So what's unique? What is unique about the marriage relationship? That's what I'd like to hear about. There are many people suggesting what are the things that are the advice? What's the advice that you can give people about marriage? Uh, here's another one. Yehoshua on Twitter says, keep God first above all else. I think that that's something which might just stir the pot, and that's why I read it, even though I wanted to talk about the uniqueness of the marriage relationship. But let's, let's talk about that for a second. How many people would have thought of that? Most people will tell you, and you hear this very often. That the secret of a successful marriage is to put your spouse first. And here you have this fellow, Yehoshua, is suggesting that you've got to put God first. Hmm. I wonder, is that the kind of thing they teach in marriage lessons? Is that what the therapist will tell you? You know, a lot of the time people tell you, actually, the secret of marriage is not to lose yourself in the relationship. You know, of course, it's all very nice to put the other person first, but don't lose yourself in the process. So here's a really, really interesting perspective. Put God first. Okay? What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, just uh, interesting, unfortunately, but uh, this is true. Jeff says, firstly, ask yourself, am I suited to be married? If your reasoning is based on the premise that a Jew is obligated to marry, then this coercion could start you off on the wrong foot. Divorce, yes, even in the Orthodox communities, on the rise. And it's even been referred to as the new normal. Well, heavy stuff, I suppose, once you get into this topic. It's also, there's a certain amount of pain and recognition that many people have. You have what's unique about it. You see, yes, we know that humans are not the only mammals who pair for life. There are others as well, even not mammals, certain birds, whatever the case is. But that's not what makes marriage unique. Marriage is not just simply a mating process. Marriage is a complex process. It's the connection between minds, emotions, experiences, memories, dreams, uh, children, nachas, pain, sorrow. It's all mixed together into a whole major blend of things. That's why when you see people who have these long and healthy marriages, you see that their life becomes very, very strongly intertwined uh, to the point, I suppose, that you can't even separate between the two spouses. So what's unique about the marriage experience from a Jewish point of view is that we believe that the marriage experience is one of our most critical spiritual growth opportunities. In other words, from a Jewish point of view, we don't see getting married as something which is just pragmatic because we need to continue the species. We don't believe that getting married is something which you've got to do because there is a social norm or an expectation from your grandmother. We don't believe that you get married because you want to show commitment to the other person, even though that might be one of the reasons. 
But equally, we also know that, sadly, many people are unable to sustain that commitment for one reason or another. So why do we marry from a Jewish point of view? What's unique about this marriage relationship? And I know some people get into all the deep spiritual stuff about soulmates and there's another half of your soul and that person is going to complete you. And we can debate whether or not that is in fact what Judaism teaches. And it's probably beyond the scope of what we're going to do over here today. But the key is to understand that as far as Judaism is concerned, to marry is one of the most vital steps that a person can take in terms of spiritual growth and development. In other words, what's unique about this relationship is not purely that I have companionship and not purely that I have somebody who I share my deepest secrets with and not purely because I have somebody who I share my family with, but because this is a catalyst for me getting in touch with my own soul and assisting somebody who Hashem has designed to be so central in my life to be able to get in touch with their soul. And once you have that perspective, it's really different. It's really different to the conventional. Sadly, the conventional model of marriage includes a lot of, well, it's a partnership. I'll do for you. You'll do for me. It contains a lot of, as long as we're close, we should be married if we tend to drift apart. Well, then, that's just unfortunate. I mean, really, do you honestly think that in the generations gone by where people clung to their marriages for much longer than the average today, they didn't... <clears throat> they didn't ever feel they were drifting apart. You know? I don't know. Dorf. Uh, <laughs> Dorf sends an SMS, says, mate first, talk after. <laughs> okay. Um, don't know. Is that is that the solution? Is that the way to go about it? Um, I, I mean, it's cute. It's funny. I think people will definitely get a chuckle out of that. Don't know that it's what you should be telling people in the therapist's room. <laughs> uh, he has Timmy replying to me because I said two meals a day together might be a little bit steep. So Timmy says, well, aim for two. You'll get one, which is probably good advice. When you aim high, you'll achieve something, possibly not what you aim for, but something worthwhile nonetheless. So this spirituality of marriage, the fact that it's something that, that God wants of us, the fact that it gives us the opportunity. How? How, how does it do that? Well, there are a few things about marriage that are absolutely unique. The first is that unlike pretty much every other relationship, once you're in it, you're in it for the long, long haul. You know, every other relationship, you get to a stage, we kind of move on. That includes even children and parents. Yes, of course, your parents are always your parents, your children are always your children. But there comes a, a time where, where children establish their own families and they become the parents. And then it's not the same kind of relationship as it was. Whereas when you stand under that chuppah, what you're supposed to be thinking is, this is forever. So that's already something unique. But what else is unique about it is that marriage is designed to force us to step outside of ourselves. And there's nothing that is more valuable to spiritual growth than being able to step outside of ourselves. And yes, you can step out of yourself and do charitable work, but that will most likely be on your terms. This is the kind of charity I'd like to be involved in. This is the time I can dedicate to it. This is a different question. This is about when I don't feel like it. When I get home after a long day and all I want to do is curl up with a cup of coffee and something absolutely mindless or a deep meaningful book or whatever and just leave me alone. And then that person who calls themselves your spouse pops up in front of you and says, you know, we really need to discuss fill in the blanks. 
the, where our child is going to school next year. Do we change the curtains in the lounge? Um, this issue that we've been having with the neighbors, whatever. Or your spouse could simply say, like, as you're about to just like sink into your favorite sofa, and it's like, oh, could you just again fill in the blanks, get me something from the kitchen, check on the baby, turn down the stove, or whatever the case is. And it happens all the time. That's besides the fact that the person you call your spouse will naturally see with x-ray vision exactly what part of you is the most sensitive and stick their finger right into that wound. In other words, this whole marriage thing is designed to move us from our comfort zone, to move us from a space which is all about me to a space that says I've got to look at the fact that there's more to the world than me. That's what's so unique about it. That's why it's so spiritually healthy and helpful. Because if a person wants to progress and grow and connect with something transcendent, one of the first places that you have to start is being able to let go of the here and now, the things that you hold so dear to yourself. And not in a negative way. This is not surrendering your personality. That's never healthy. Or surrendering your dreams. That's just going to frustrate you and create resentment in the relationship. It's just about letting go of the sense of life needs to gravitate towards what I want, that the world needs to orbit around me. And I think if we know that, then it's a different piece of advice that we give this new couple. We tell them, hey, you know, what you should be doing in your marriage is embracing those things that are not comfortable because they force you to think differently, see differently, act differently, do what you don't feel like doing. You'll get huge value out of that. What do you think? Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. There really are a lot of comments that have come through uh, from the people who always have something funny to say all the way to people who have very serious and insightful um, perspectives. A lot of people talking about communication and how important that is. And if we can maybe just hone in on that for a second. What, why, is, why is it so important? Why is communication so important? And, and it's not, it can't just be because, well, practically, if you don't communicate, you're going to land up in really uncomfortable situations. People are not going to know what to expect of each other. They're not going to, you know, that I told you, you didn't tell me. I told you, you didn't tell me. I think one of the things we need to know about communication is that in order to be able to effectively communicate, you also have to be able to let go of yourself because often the mistake that we make around communication is we know what it needs to sound like to us in order for it to make sense. And we insist that if it sounds like that to us, it makes sense to the other person. Somebody sent me a really nice cartoon the other day. So it's two people. And on the floor is a number. From the one person's perspective, the number is a six. From the other person's perspective, the number is a nine. And so the one says to the other, just because you're right does not mean I'm wrong. So when we get into this world of communication, which is obviously such an important part of marriage, there is an Achilles heel. There's a trap in communication itself, and that's that we expect that the other person will understand exactly what it is that we're saying because we've said it. So one of the most powerful things about – and somebody sent this. Like I, I've lost the tweet right now, but somebody did say send it that their advice would be listen to each other. That's different to communication. Oh, there it is. It's John. John on – on Twitter says, listen to each other. See, often when people use the word communication, what they really mean to say is, make sure you say what what needs to be said. 
that's not half as valuable as hearing what needs to be heard. So, yes, communication is an absolutely key part of the experience of marriage. It's also an absolutely key part of the growth and the spirituality of marriage. And that's because real communication is more about letting go of your views and opinions to be able to hear the other person's views and opinions than it is about being able to successfully communicate what you think or you feel. So if we had to kind of summarize it, the purpose of marriage and why it's such an integral part of the Jewish experience is because it forces us to move beyond self. We start off our lives very much thinking about us. I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to whatever. And as life progresses, sadly, many people stay that way. I need this, especially in today's world where things happen at the click of a button and we have this expectation of instantaneous gratification. So it's not unusual for people to think it's got to go my way. This is what I need. Whereas marriage just really doesn't do that. It's not all about you doesn't work your way, forces you to think differently, see differently. And that's considered a really healthy concept. Now, what we're told is that the ultimate goal of marriage is what's called shalom, shalom bias, right? You heard this expression, shalom bias? That means peace in the home. And as far as Judaism is concerned, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the result of everybody being on the same page. Peace is the embracing of difference. It's understanding that together we create a harmony that each one of us on our own wouldn't actually have. And so when we're able to bring more shalom, more shalom bias, more peace into our own homes, we believe that that then spills over into the world around us and eventually into the whole world. It's that, please God, we get to the point of shalom bias peace in God's home, which is here on earth. And that's the messianic dream. So the better we are at keeping our marriages stable, the closer we get to the reality of Moshiach. So I want to wish you that you and your relationships and the people who are close to you in their relationships should have that peace and stability and insight and capacity to grow and to be able to let go of self in order to do so. And we should all be able to have good peaceful, meaningful relationships. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and please God, we'll pick up next week.